say I am your host Kay Edwards now today I'm gonna go straight into the show because I have a lot of information that I want to give to you guys concerning COVID-19 vaccinations I figured it was something that we should discuss because it's becoming it's becoming an important topic in the news nowadays and I'm sure a lot of you probably have a lot of questions and concerns surrounding the COVID-19 vaccinations. So I became curious after speaking with my doctor, like I told you last week, she told me that she had gotten hers, her two, her two doses. And she was telling me what side effects she had from the second dose. And she was telling me that I would become eligible, say around, I guess it's going to be around mid spring, like April, May time. That's the time frame that she says the vaccine should be released to all New Yorkers. So this is after everyone else who has received theirs, you know, after the first responders and the people with the underlying conditions. Cause I just, I think people with underlying conditions just became eligible to get the vaccine. So with that time quickly approaching, because you know, look, we're already at the end of February practically is only one more week. And before you know it, spring will be here. It'll be April, it'll be May, and everything is going to start opening up again. So with that time quickly approaching, I decided to do some more research concerning the talk surrounding this vaccine. Now, my first step in finding out about this vaccine and what it entails, of course, you know, you talk to people, right? Like I talk to my doctor, I talk to other healthcare professionals. So I asked those who have taken the vaccine to see how it affected them and what helped them to make the decision to get vaccinated. In speaking with some family friends who had taken the vaccine and were also in the healthcare profession, 
all the reports that I received were positive. Most said that they took the vaccine because they no longer wanted to walk around in fear of contracting the virus, which is my main concern. I am totally afraid of what it'll do to my body because you hear so many stories about now they're saying that there's an increase in eye failure, eyesight, you know, with failure with your eyesight from this vac, well, not from the vaccine, God forbid, excuse me, from the coronavirus. For those who have had COVID and survived, they're now seeing and they're, they're starting to tell doctors when you see patients and they say that they have had COVID, you should check their eyesight because it's doing damage to the eyes now. And we don't know what else is doing damage to. We know it does damage to the lungs. We know some people have had kidney failure, you know? So it's like, you don't know what it's going to do if it gets into your body. So that's my main concern. I don't want it to get into my body because I don't want to have to worry about what it's doing, what to get, what's it gets up in there. So with that, I knowing that I don't like to be ill, like who does, right? Who really likes to be sick? No one that I know of. But secondly, I was afraid, like I said, of my organs not being able to recover from this virus because it goes in and it takes over your system completely. So now after that, most of the people have been first responders. So they were on the front lines. These are people that I know. And with them having the possibility of contracting the virus at a greater rate than anyone else, that's why they said they wanted to take it also. It was because they didn't want to catch the virus on their own in their own personal life. And they definitely didn't want to catch it because of the line of work that they're in. Right? So since I'm not around a whole lot of people all day long, like I don't have to interact with strangers on a daily basis. And if I do, it's via Zoom. And so far I haven't heard anybody catching any case of COVID through the Zoom calls, right? Although I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to come up with something like that. But anyway, there's several people that have been talking about the virus on YouTube and on Instagram. But the person that I saw that struck me as having the most credibility with the information that was being supplied was Tyler Perry. Now he put together a show that he did on BET with two doctors and he did an interview with them. And he, st he started out the program talking about, he was skeptical about the virus himself. And that's why he got the two doctors together so that they can fully explain what the vaccine was about and how it came to being because everybody's talking about, Oh, it was developed too quickly. How do we know that, you know, they really tested it properly, all that stuff. So when I watched what he was saying about it and listened to the doctors that he had brought in to talk about it, then it gave me a little more information and I felt comfortable with the vaccine. Now, Tyler Perry spoke with a Dr. Carlos Del Rio, who is an executive assistant dean at Emory University at Grady, and he studies epidemiology. 
Now, epidemiology is the method used to find the causes of health outcomes and diseases in populations. Epidemiology, in epidemiology, the patient is the community and the individuals are viewed collectively. Now, he also had on the show a Dr. Kimberly Manning, who was the professor of medicine at Grady Health Systems, and she is the chair of diversity at Grady, right? So now he had these two on there and they were explaining everything about this vaccine and how it came to being. Now, they said taking the vaccine tells taking the vaccine tells your body how to react to the virus through what is called mRNA, which is messenger RNA. Now, this messenger RNA is a little code sequence that is put into the vaccine which once it is injected into your body, it tells your body the code of how to make antibodies to fight the virus if it were to ever get into your system. Now, mRNA is a new concept used to tell the body how to fight off infectious diseases. Now, although the concept is new, the study of it is not new. Scientists have been studying messenger RNA for decades. And what makes this new, what makes this form of M mRNA new is because it's never been used in a commercial vaccine before. They've never had where they would, the, the messenger RNA, which gets the code to fight off whatever infectious disease they're trying to have combated in your system that we never used to take vaccines like that before. When we took vaccines back in the day, our vaccines were the actual virus that they wanted our body to build up the immunity to. So in other words, the MNR, the MRNA vaccines do not contain live virus and they do not carry the risk of causing the disease in the vaccinated person. Now, back in the day when we used to get vaccinated when we were children, when we got the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines, those were actually live weakened specimens of the virus that they were putting in our bodies so that our body would know what the virus was build up antibodies. And then that's how we got immunity because they were actually giving us weakened doses of the actual virus of the measles, mumps, and rubella. But with the MRNA that they're using in the vaccines now, it's just a code. It's not the virus. We're not getting the COVID-19 virus into our body. We're getting a code of what the virus looks like so that when it does enter our body, our body is familiar with it and we have would have already built up the antibodies to fight it if we were to catch COVID-19. Now, mRNA was first discovered by a scientist named Dr. Caitlin Carico. Now she was a Hungarian doctor who fled communist Hungary when she was like 30 years old. And she came here to the United States back in 1985. Now she was so obsessed with doing research on the synthetic messenger RNA that she wanted, she knew that if you can isolate, if you could isolate a, a cell 
and give it a code that could then go into the body and transmit that code to other cells in the body. She knew that the concept of doing that would have some type of effect in order to help the body fight off all the viruses that were, you know, plaguing the world at that time. Now it was the research of Dr. Carrico that prompted Dr. Kismika Corbett, an African-American woman to work on a COVID-19 vaccine. She was one of the National Institutes of Health's leading scientists behind the government's search for a vaccine. Corbett is part of the team at NIH that worked with Moderna, which was, of course, you know, the pharmaceutical company that developed one of the two mRNA vaccines that has shown to be more than 90% effective. So it was the work of the Hungarian doctor, her having the vision that I know if I could just get the sequence of how to isolate the messenger RNA to give the code to the cells in the body, I know it could help to fight a disease. And all that research that she was doing, this Dr. Corbett was also following the research of that doctor. And when this whole pandemic opened up, I guess that was the door for her to say, you know what, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can get this sequence to work in order to get a vaccine for the pandemic. And she said what prompted her to do the research using the messenger RNA was because when she was in the hospitals, she saw so many people of color dying from this disease. Well, not disease from this virus. So after watching that video, I highly recommend it for all of you who are still on the fence about whether you want to take the virus, whether you want to take the vaccine or not. I say, watch it. It's about 30 minutes. It's not too long, but if you want to have more information and actually hear the doctors break it down, it's, it's very interesting. And I would suggest that everyone would get their hands on it. I mean, you could probably access it on YouTube. I know it was on BET. It's Tyler Perry. If you just look it up and say, you know, Tyler Perry talking with doctors about COVID-19 vaccination, right? And I can understand why people of color, black people in particular, would be skeptical about taking the vaccine. Cause for those of you who are not familiar with the Tuskegee experiment, it was an unethical natural history study conducted between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Service and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, right? Now, the purpose of this study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis and they got African-American men to participate in this study, telling them that they would be receiving free health care from the federal government, right? Now, when they first started this experiment, they were doing it because they did not have penicillin to fight syphilis. So they didn't have a cure for syphilis and they wanted to know what were the effects of syphilis in the body. So who else to use to find out but an African-American man, right? They use them to see if, see how their body reacts to it. But the men were told that the study was only going to last for six months. 
right? And they some were infected and some weren't. But they kept the study going for 40 years. Even after treatment, the funding for the treatment had stopped, they still continued to give the men syphilis. Now, but see, here's the, here's the part of the story that makes it so appalling. None of the men that were infected with syphilis was ever given the penicillin when it was found in 1947 that penicillin was the antibiotic that was available to treat syphilis. Once they found out that antibiotic, that penicillin would work on syphilis, they never went back and gave these men the treatment so that they could be cured of syphilis. They just kept giving them syphilis to see how their body would respond to it. And that's why a lot of black people today, when you start talking about line up and take a shot, they're like, I'm not having it. But as I saw during the week, the daughter of one of the men that was part of the Tuskegee, that is a, that's a trick word to say, Tuskegee experiment, she, she is stressing, she's now a doctor herself. She is stressing the importance of African-Americans taking this vaccination because she says we are dying way more than any other culture that is contracting the disease at the virus. And she know she understands the apprehension that's surrounding it. But what her being a daughter of a man who was given the actual syphilis, so she knows what her father went through and she understands why black people would not want to take it. She's urging us to take it. So when I heard her speak about it, I almost was like, wow, she has a personal connection to why people would be apprehensive of not wanting to take this vaccine. But seeing what happened to her father is what made her want to become a doctor. So that's another thing just to keep in mind for those of you who are still, you know, a little apprehensive, but I do recommend seeing the Tyler Perry video and I do, you know, recommend finding out more information, which I'm going to go into, which I found on nyc.gov. Now, for those of you who are in New York, you can go there and look it up. But for those of you who are not in New York, your state probably has the same thing on their government page, something talking about the vaccinations, if they're giving them in your state. I, by now, I believe all the states should have it, right? I'm not sure. But I know I found this information on nyc.gov. It was the COVID-19 page. And it was saying that the Pfizer and the Moderna both use messenger RNA. Now, in the beginning, I think I might have said that one of them had the messenger RNA and one of them had the actual virus in it. But it's now been that they both contain messenger RNA. So both of the vaccinations, both of the vaccines contain that little messenger code that'll go into your system and tell your body to make these antibodies to fight off the virus. Another thing that they said on the website is that they do not know yet how long the vaccines will protect people from COVID-19 and that it might turn out that we might have to take the vaccine annually, something similar to like a flu shot or maybe an additional shot or a booster shot. They're not sure, you know, but they said 
that it's also possible that no additional vaccines will be needed after the first two doses. So all that's still being worked out because they really don't know how long this lasts in a person's system and how much of an immunity it's going to help you build up against the virus. From what they are saying is that when you take it, it gives you better protection if you were to catch the virus. Now, they're not saying that if you take the vaccine, you won't catch the virus, but they're saying in the event that you do catch the virus, it won't come on you as severe as it could have or would have had you not have had the vaccine in your system, okay? So now, the clinical trial showed that both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines were effective in preventing symptoms of COVID-19 and severe illness due to COVID-19, okay? Now, I know most of you have probably heard several people talking about herd immunity. Now, they're stating that herd immunity can only be obtained when enough people in a population are protected against the contagious disease so that it can't be spread. So in this case, uh, the majority of our population would have to take this COVID-19 virus in order for us to build up herd immunity. But experts do not know yet how many people it would need to be vaccinated, right? So whatever it is, it has to be a large number, right? Even before you get to that herd immunity, you're going to have to have a large number of people that have this vaccine in their body for them to even figure out if having this vaccine in the body will give us herd immunity. So there's still a lot of things that are being discovered as we're taking this vaccine. What we do know is that it does, it does protect you from getting COVID-19 as severely as you could have. That's the one thing that they are sure of. Everything else is still a work in progress. Now, there's the question of, will these vaccines work against the emergent variants that are now coming into the forefront? That's still undetermined as well. At first, they were saying yes, but now from what I heard recently, Pfizer is saying they're not sure if their vaccine will fight the variant or you might have to get another dose of it if because the, they're both two doses. But now I think Pfizer is saying they're not sure and you might have to take an additional. So now they're doing a study on that as well because who knew it was going to turn into a variant that there were going to be other strands of this so quickly coming about. Normally you'll get other strands later on down the road, but because this virus is spreading through the population so rapidly, it's getting a chance to come through as its own and then come through as a variant afterwards. So it, everything is just happening so quickly, but they're trying to stay ahead of the, they're trying to stay ahead of it as much as possible by getting as many people vaccinated as possible. Of course, you know, the vaccine is only available to people who are 17 and above. Actually, not even 17. I think it's 18 and above because people 16 and 17. Oh, yes. No, my mistake. People of ages 16 and 17 can only take the Pfizer vaccine. The Moderna vaccine 
has not been authorized is only been authorized for people who are 18 and older. So if you have a teenager who's below the age of 18, they can't take the Moderna vaccine. But if they're 16 and 17, they can take the Pfizer vaccine. And that's because they really didn't test it on children. They were only testing it on adults. Because if you remember in the beginning, they didn't think that kids can get, could contract the coronavirus at all because none of the children that were in the household with the parents that had coronavirus were getting infected. But then they saw it wasn't the actual coronavirus that they were getting. It was it was coming out in the children in something else. I think it was calling it Kawasaki's fever or disease or something like that. So see, the virus, it takes on whatever host that it's inside of. It was attacking adults one way and then it was attacking children another way. That's why they thought children weren't getting COVID-19. They were getting it. It just was coming out in their body in a different way. So when they did these vaccines, they only made it for adults. They didn't make it for younger children. That's why they're not able to take the vaccine. But I think from what I understand, they're now starting to do testing to see if younger children will be able to take this vaccine. So it's still, like I said, it's still a work in progress. And it that's understandable because who knew that we were going to be getting COVID-19 at all? Another thing to keep in mind if you do take the vaccine is if you have allergies, make sure you consult your doctor first before you go and sign up for this vaccine, number one. And when you go to the place, tell the people that's giving you the shots that you are, you have, you have allergies so that they can then determine which type of the two, the Moderna or the Pfizer you should get. And then they'll monitor you more closely because they know that there have been allergic reactions to, I think it's the Pfizer one. There have been allergic reactions to people who have taken that particular vaccine. So now I might be wrong. It might be the other one, but don't quote me on it, but just know that if you're going to get this vaccine, make sure you tell them that you have allergies and tell them what you're allergic to so that they can specifically monitor you so that they'll know if anything happens, they'll be ready for it. They're also saying that it is possible to get COVID-19 more than once. So if you have had COVID-19 or are currently going through having COVID-19, Number one, they're saying make sure that you are completely well before you go out to any vaccination sites. And if you've had it before, you should still get vaccinated because you can get it again. So they're saying just because you had it, it doesn't mean it's not like chicken pox. Oh, yeah, I had it once. I can't get it again. You need to get the vaccination if you've had COVID-19 before. So I just thought all that, you know, information that I looked up was very informative and I now have a different perspective concerning the vaccine. Before, when I first heard about it, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not taking that. They rushed it out. Now they want to give it to all the black people first because they were talking about, oh, set up these centers, blah, 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 blah. But now that I've been listening and doing my own little research and then talking to people that have actually taken the vaccine, I'm starting to view the vaccine in a different light. But I'm not completely off the fence. 
I'll just say I'm rocking back and forth on the fence, but I still have some more research that I have to do concerning it. So that's my take on COVID-19 vaccine. So I want you guys to do your own research to get a better understanding. I hope some of the stuff that I've given you was helpful, maybe had enlightened you on some things that you weren't aware of, just so that you, you know, so everybody knows what's going on. So with that, we're going to take a little music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Hey, I want to remind everyone that City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours. These tours are designed to give you a unique opportunity to learn the history of the New York City neighborhood that you are currently running through. You can choose from 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. For a list of neighborhoods and a full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Also, check out their live tours every Saturday at 10 a.m. Instagram.com slash cityrunningtours.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is time for Op-Ed. Now I want to start off Op-Ed with a bit of sad news. It seems that federal prosecutors in Brooklyn and the FBI have started investigating Cuomo. Yes, our governor and his coronavirus task force, which handled the data on the deaths in care homes and similar facilities. Multiple reports revealed that the figures that were actually stated was understated, meaning that there was more deaths than what was actually reported. It was, they're saying it nearly doubled. So now they're investigating to see who was messing with the numbers, manipulating the numbers, and it's just a sad state of affairs. I mean, when you think about it, all that was going on with the COVID at the time, no one really knew what was happening. Yes, we knew there were a number of deaths in the nursing homes, and I think at one time they had started putting COVID patients into nursing homes because they wanted to get them out of the hospitals or I don't know. It's just one big mess. And I hope he can find his way out of this mess because to me, the way he handled working with the governor of Connecticut and New Jersey, how they handled the COVID virus back last year was phenomenal. So many more people would have died in the tri-state area had it not have been for those three coming together to make a plan to try and understand how you can keep people safe and guarded because we know at that time the federal government wasn't giving us any guidelines on what to do. So he was just doing what he felt was best for everyone involved. But there's more to come with this story and I'm sure that everything will be exposed because this is, yes, the year of truth. I'm sure there will be a lot more to come before this is completely over. Now, in other news, an update going on with the police department, it seems that a federal appeals court has overturned what the unions wanted to do when it came to disciplinary records of police officers, the court said they have to be made public. The police unions were fighting that they wanted those records to stay sealed and within the departments, but the federal court of appeals overturned the ruling and now all police disciplinary records will be public records which I'm sure, which is fine because they don't mind making criminals public, their records, public records. As soon as somebody gets arrested, oh, he's got a rap sheet as long as this, that, and the other. And I'm not saying that a lot of them don't have rap sheets that are as long as whatever, but is all that necessary to be out there like that? If he did it, he did it. If he didn't do it, he didn't do it. Just say he got arrested for this charge or this whatever but when you start talking about oh he's been in and out in and out when you have a lot of police officers who have been in and out not jail but in and out of ig's office because they're always doing something come on let's keep the scales balanced now but oh they will be right because we're going to be able to know everything that the police officers do that they don't want us to know 
And speaking of somebody not wanting others to know, were you guys aware that with Texas being under this deep freeze, its population without water, without electricity, Ted Cruz was on a flight to Mexico. He hightailed it out of that city because it's too cold for him. Evidently, he needed to get to a warmer climate. Now, this is the same congressman that was talking about, oh, the insurgents weren't doing what they were doing and he's for his people and he stands for the people and the people have spoken and always everything for the people, right? but yet you're not there to try to help the people get some type of relief from everything that's going on with this winter storm weather that the country has been experiencing. You just wanted to get some relief for yourself. Well, go ahead, Ted Cruz. Enjoy that margarita on the beach. Now, getting back to news concerning COVID-19, I listened in on a town hall conference call that Hakeem Jeffries had the other night. Now he's, you know, he's the congressman from Brooklyn and he has town hall meetings for people in Brooklyn that can ask him questions and the questions that they give him, he takes back to Congress when he goes back to Washington. Now he was talking about the COVID-19 vaccines and he also had someone on there from the IRS, but I want to address the COVID-19 vaccinations first. He's trying to get additional sites opened up in neighborhoods, really mega sites. Like he's trying to see if he can find a mega site, be it something like what they have up in the Bronx with Yankee Stadium. He's trying to find a big place in Brooklyn that he can have people go and get these vaccinations. And another thing that I wanted to say about that, they're saying that a lot of people have been complaining that when they go to the testing, the not the testing, when they go to the vaccinating sites that have been set up in their neighborhood, a lot of them cannot get appointments because you have people coming from other neighborhoods taking the appointment slots. And that's not fair. If the If the vaccination site is not in your neighborhood, then that means it's not for you. It was put in the neighborhood for the people that it was for. So stay in your own neighborhood or just wait until it opens up for everyone to get it. And now they're giving it to the pharmacies like the Walgreens and everything else. Stop jumping the line for the people who can take it and need to take it. Let them take theirs first. And I also have a number here. It's 833-697-4829. That's how you can find out where they have the vaccination sites set up and you can possibly make your appointment through this hotline as well. Or if you can't make it on this number, they'll tell you how to make the appointment in order for you to get your vaccination. And on another note, Like I said, he had someone on there talking about IRS issues as well. And they started discussing the stimulus check. Another one is supposed to be coming out. And the guy is saying 
that they're thinking, I think they said it was going to be an additional 1400 in addition to the 600 that they gave out or something like that. But a lot of people were saying that they had not received their check. And I have a number for that as well. It's 800-919-9835. That's 800-919-9835. If you did not receive your stimulus check, or your stimulus payment, and you're wondering where it's at, you can call that number and you can find out what is going on with it. But if you can't get through on that number, the guy on the conference call also stated that you can put it on your taxes to get credit for it. So although you didn't physically get the money in your hand, you can get the credit on your income tax. And he said that if you don't normally file income tax, you should go and file just to be able to put this on as a credit so that it'll count towards you getting the money. And what else did he say? Oh, they were working, trying to work on seeing if teenagers who are between the age of 18 and 21 can get a stimulus check as well, because if they're not working and they're in college, technically they weren't giving them the stimulus checks. I think they were only giving it to the younger kids, anyone under the age of 18, like 17 and younger, they were giving it to those kids in that household. So they're doing more investigation with that as well. I know there's going to be more to come with that. If I hear anything else, I'll, I'll bring it to you guys. I also have... What else do I have for op-ed? Oh, this is not really good news to tell, but you would think that with everything that we went on with the COVID last year, everybody being kumbaya, everybody trying to get along, this New Jersey Catholic school in Washington Township, a video went viral of two young ladies drinking alcohol and... Did I say high school? Yes, high school. Drinking alcohol and yelling out racial slurs and things of that nature. You would think that with everything that happened with COVID, you would think that people would be a little bit more mindful of the foolishness and shenanigans that they do on social media. But of course, they don't. And now they've been, I don't know, suspended, something or whatever. But they it's just, you know, everybody's so shocked that they're doing this. But you know what, people? COVID really didn't change anything. This is the year of truth, remember. So there's going to be more information exposed than you were ever expecting to be exposed. What you have to do is just sit back and say, okay, thanks. I, I needed to find that out. I really needed to know that because you're going to find out whether you want to know it or not. That's just the way it is. This year, you're going to find out a whole lot of things, whether you want to know them or not. And that's the end of op-ed. So now we're going to go into, of course, you know, our word of the month is accountable. And it seems like everybody needs to be held accountable for one thing or another. So be careful because you might be the one held accountable as well. And for our promise, our promise this week is going to come from 1 Peter 
5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Remember, we're in the Lentil season, people. This is supposed to be a time of praying and fasting and getting yourself right. So let's take the time to pray and fast and get our minds right, get our bodies right, get our souls right. And with that, I'm going to say coronavirus is still out there. Make sure you wear your mask. Make sure you social distance and make sure you wash your hands. It's still Black History Month. We've got another week to go. Support black businesses, support businesses of color. For those of you who want to hear shows that were previously aired on Radio Free Brooklyn, you can go to What Would Kay Say on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. I have a show page there. And you will find all my archived shows. I can also be found on Spotify and on iTunes. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm WWKSayToday. And if you want to write me an email to tell me that you hate the show, that you love the show, why don't I talk about this? Why did you talk about that? Whatever it is you want to say to me, you can write me an email at WhatWouldKSayToday at gmail.com. And with that, I'm going to say everyone have a blessed day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And until we meet again next week, God willing, peace. If I have a son Teach him to be brave Cause if I have a son He's never really safe And when you run to the corner store for a snack I wanna know that you'll make it back home Home Your skin This world will never be as friendly to you I wanna keep you close, I wanna keep you safe I hope I see the day where I don't have to pray Every time you go No matter what you say, no matter what you
losers. I believe if he part of seas, this disease gotta bow to the ruler. Anymore, I'm